0: Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our study of the Bible. Here we study the Bible and we aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By the grace of God, we've done 23 books of the Bible and we hope to complete our book of Jeremiah which we are handling right now very soon. And if you've not been able to listen to the podcast we've done straight from the book of Genesis, you can find them on our app, that's Bible In-Depth Network. Or you can also find them on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, name it. You'll find us there. And I believe the Lord shall speak to you, even as you listen, because there is no limitation to Revelation. Now we're adding a book of Jeremiah, which we are about to complete. We've done 44 chapters So I'll start with chapter 45, and it starts by saying this is a message which Jeremiah the prophet spoke to Baruch, the son of Neriah, when he had written down these words in a book at Jeremiah's dictation in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, O Baruch, you said, ah, war is me. For the Lord has added sorrow to my pain. I am weary with my groaning and have found no rest. Thus you are to say to him, thus says the Lord, Behold, what I have built I am about to tear down. And what I have planted I am about to uproot. That is the whole land. But you, are you seeking great things for yourself? He tells Barish, do not seek them. For behold, I am going to bring disaster On all flesh, declares the Lord, but I'll give your life to you as booty in all the places where you may go. For him, it's a blessing. Remember, this is a man who was faithful, walked with Jeremiah, and uh, he was more or less a scribe, if you may call him that. And uh, in his time of worry, God is telling him, do not worry, you will be safe. Chapter 46, that which came as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, to the prophet, concerning the nations. Remember, this is a prophet to the nations. When we were starting the book of Jeremiah, we talked about that. We saw that, that he's being sent out to the nations, not only Judah, not only Israel, but to other nations as well. And now, in these chapters that follow, there is a message that is going out to the nations, that is being given to the nations, and he delivers it to them. And it starts here with Egypt giving a message to Egypt concerning the the army of Pharaoh Neco, king of Egypt, which was by the Euphrates river at Cachemish, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon defeated in the fourth year of Jehoakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Yeah. Remember he is the superpower. Then Babylon is a superpower at this point and they are winning wars. They are fighting them and winning them. And it says, line up the shields and buckler and draw near for the battle. Harness the horses, and, the mount, and mount the steeds. And take your stand with helmets on. Polish the spears. Put on the scale armor. Why have I seen it? They are terrified. They are drawing back. And their men, their mighty men, are defeated. And have taken refuge in flight without facing back. Terror is on every side. Declares the Lord. Let not the swift man flee. Nor the mighty man escape. In the north beside the river Euphrates, they have stumbled and fallen. Who is that that rises like the Nile, like the rivers whose waters surge about? Egypt rises like the Nile, even like the rivers whose waters surge about. And he has said, I will rise and cover that land. I will destroy the city and all its inhabitants. Go up, you horses, and drive madly, you chariots, that the mighty men may march forward. Ethiopia and Put. That handle the shield and the Lydians, that handle the and bend the bow, for that day belongs to the Lord God of hosts, a day of vengeance, so as to avenge himself on his foes, and the sword will devour, and be satiated and drink its fill of their blood, for there will be slaughter for the Lord God of hosts in the land of the north by the river, Ufrets. Go up to Gilead, and obtain balm, O virgin daughter of Egypt, in vain. You have multiplied remedies. There is no healing for you. Egypt is being told, you've done great. You've set up mighty armies, chariots. You look great and powerful, but there is no healing for you. The nations have heard of your shame and your, And the earth is full of your cry of distress for one warrior has stumbled over another and both of them have fallen down together. This is a message which the Lord spoke to Jeremiah the prophet about the coming of who? Of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, to smite the land of Egypt. This is clear to them. As a nation of Egypt, God is telling them, a time is coming for you and you are going to be brought down by Nebuchadnezzar. Declare in Egypt and proclaim in Migdo. Proclaim also in Memphis and in Taphanes. Yeah, all their major cities. This is what they're telling him to proclaim, saying, Say, take your stand and get yourself ready, for the sword has devoured those around you. Why have your mighty ones become prostrate? They do not stand because the Lord has thrust them down. They have repeatedly stumbled. Indeed, they have fallen one against another. Then they said, get up and let us go back to our own people and to our native land, from away from the sword of the oppressor, they cried there Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is but a big noise. He has let the appointed time pass by. As I live, declares the king, whose name is the Lord of Hosts, surely one shall come who looms up like Taba among the mountains or like Camel by the sea. Make your baggage ready for exile or daughter dwelling in Egypt, for Memphis will become a desolation. It will even be burned down and bereft of inhabitants. Hmm? He's telling them, your cities are going to be burnt down as Egypt when Nebuchadnezzar comes. Yeah, Egypt is a pretty hypha, but a horsefly is coming from the north. It is coming. Also, her mercenaries in her midst are like fattened calves. For even they too have turned back and fled away together. They did not stand their ground. For the day of their calamity has come upon them, the time of their punishment. Yeah, Even those who are dwelling among them. Remember, we looked last time when Gedaliah, the governor, is killed. They all ran to Egypt, the people of Judah. They are taken to Egypt. Yeah, They say, let's run for refuge to be kept by the Pharaoh there, by Egypt. They'll protect us from the... Wrath of Nebuchadnezzar, because we killed his governor. But now, even those who are dwelling there, they are going to find their punishment. They remember, they were told, the people of Judah dwelling in Egypt, that you will all be destroyed. Only a few of you shall be left; very few of you as a remnant. Yeah, it sounds. It sound moves along like a serpent, for they move on like an army and come to her as woodcutters with axes. They have cut down her forest, declares the Lord. Surely. It will no more be found, even though they are now more numerous than locusts and are without number. The daughter of Egypt has been put to shame, given over to the power of the people beyond the north. The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel says, behold, behold, I'm going to punish Ammon of Tebs and Pharaoh and Egypt along with her gods and her kings, even Pharaoh and those who trust in him, I shall give them over to the power of those who are seeking their lives, even into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hands of his officers. Afterwards, however, it will be inhabited as in the days of old, declares the Lord. But as for you, O Jacob, my servant, do not fear nor be dismayed, O Israel. For see, I'm going to save you from afar, and your descendants from the land of their captivity, and Jacob will return and be undisturbed and secure with no one making him tremble. Oh, Jacob, my servant, do not fear, declares the Lord, for I am with you. For I will make a full end of all the nations where I have driven you. Yet I will not make a full end of you. I will correct you properly and by no means leave you unpunished. Of course, judgment for the nation of the Lord itself, Israel, is also made clear. And God says, I will also come and punish you for the things you've done, but I will not let you perish. You will not disappear forever. Now, The time of peace that is being spoken of here in Israel, when you go through the books of history, does not come anytime soon. Because still, through the centuries that came, they still went under other superpowers. They went under Persia. They went under the Greeks. They went under the Romans. So it wasn't a time that they are now peaceful and they don't have anyone who has authority over them. It was very hard for Israel to come back again and become a superpower like they were in the time of David and even in the time of Solomon. That time was long gone. But God was promising them and saying, I'll give you peace in your land. I'll take you back. But here in chapter 46, judgment has gone out to Egypt. God judges nations. Yeah, Israel is his nation. But he has authority to over everything on earth. And here he judges the nations. He says, I judge you, Egypt. You don't follow me, you don't worship me, your gods, everything else shall be burnt down, and you shall also suffer the wrath of Babylon. Babylon is uh, more or less a weapon that God is using now for his judgment to be fulfilled. But also to them there is a judgment that is to come. Yeah. It's not just going to be rosy for them. Chapter forty seven. Now this is a prophecy against Philistia. Philistines and uh, to them also he sends a message through Jeremiah, his prophet, who is a prophet to the nations. And he says, That which came as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, the prophet concerning the Philistines before Pharaoh conquered Gaza. Thus says the Lord, Behold, waters are going to rise from the north and become an overflowing torrent and overflow the land and all its fullness, the city. And those who live in it, the men will cry out and every inhabitant of the land will wail because of the noise of the galloping hoofs of his stallions, the tumult of his chariots and the rumbling of his wheels. The fathers have not turned back for their children because of the limpness of their hands. On account of the day that is coming to destroy all the Philistines to cut off from Tyre and Sidon, every ally that is left. For the Lord is going to destroy the Philistines, the remnant of the coastlands of Kafta. Baldness has come upon Gaza. Ashkelon has been ruined, or remnant of their valley. How long will you gush yourself, ah, sword of the Lord? How long will you not be quiet? Withdraw into your sheath, be at rest, and stay still. How can it be quiet when the Lord has given it an Order against Ashkelon and against the seacoast, there he has assigned it. So, even the Philistines, these ones were on the west of uh, the nation of Judah, the kingdom of Judah, and to them also judgment is coming. Yeah, they are going to be conquered. Of course, you know who does that because the superpower now is well known Babylon. Yeah. And it says in 48, concerning Moab, thus says the Lord of hosts. Now judgment is going to Moab. Remember, these are people who come from Lot. Yeah, these are children of Lot. Yeah, we look at them in the start in Genesis, the Moabites. Now they are also being judged here. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Woe to Nabal, for it has been destroyed. Kareathame has been put to shame, it has been captured. The lofty stronghold has been put to shame and shattered. There is praise for Moab no longer. In Heshbon, they have devised calamity against her. People are plotting her fall. Yeah, Come and let us cut her off from being a nation. You two madmen will be silenced. The sword will follow after you. The sound of an outcry from horror name, with devastation and great destruction, Moab is broken. Her little ones have sounded out a cry of distress. For by the ascent of Luhith, they will ascend with continual weeping. For at the descent of Horonim they have heard the anguished cry of destruction. Yeah? Flee, save your lives, that you may be like a juniper in the wilderness. For because of your trust in your own achievements and treasures, even you yourself will be captured. Because you trusted in your might, you trusted in what you've achieved, you will be captured. God still has interest in these nations. Yes, he has picked Israel as his nation, his own, but he has great interest in other nations. He wants them to worship him. He wants them to follow him. He wants them to trust in him. And if they trust in their own things, in their own achievements, their own treasures, that goes down to us as well. Who do we trust in? Do we trust in the things we've achieved in life? Do we trust in how much we've studied? Do we trust in all the achievements that have come our way and we've forgotten God? Because when that happens, you are captured. You lose sight of God and you're captured. That's what he tells his people. And Chemosh will go off into exile together with his priests and his princes. A destroyer will come to every city so that no city will escape. The valley also will be ruined, and the plateau will be destroyed. As the Lord has said, give wings to Moab, for she will flee away, and her cities will become a desolation without inhabitants in them. Cursed be the one who does the Lord's work negligently, and cursed be the one who restrains his sword from blood. Moab has been at ease since his youth, He's been negligent since his youth. He has not cared. He had an attachment to the people of Israel, to Abraham. Yeah. He is saved from Sodom and Gomorrah, the fire that brings down those nations. That's where they come from. That's their the ancestry. That's where they come from. They saw the Lord deliver them as more, but still they went on to worship other gods. They went on to do other things that don't honor God. So from the days of Youth, Moab has been at ease. He has also been undisturbed like wine on its dregs. And he has not been emptied from vessel to vessel. Nor has he gone into exile. He's been peaceful. Being a descendant of Lot, Yeah, there is a blessing that came upon them. Therefore, he retains his flavor and his aroma has not changed. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord. When I will send him those who tip vessels, and they will tip him over, and they will empty his vessels and shatter his jars. And Moab will be ashamed of Chemosh, as the house of Israel was ashamed of Bethel, their confidence. Remember, the place of Bethel, that's where Jeroboam, at Bethel and Dan, he sets up altars for the people of Israel in the north yeah, to worship there, instead of going down to the south where the temple of Jerusalem was. He sets them Places in Bethel to worship there, and they start to also put up some high places with uh, different images and statues, and they worship there, and becomes a place of shame. So he's saying, just like Bethel, which was their confidence, became a place of shame, of shame. Even you Chemoth, where you worship, will become a place of shame. How can you say we are mighty warriors and men valiant for battle? Moab has been destroyed and men have gone up to his cities. His choicest young men have also gone down to the slaughter, declares the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. They have kings, but God is the king of all. They have kings. They have kings all over the world, but here comes out the king whose name is the Lord of hosts and he's the one who brings judgment. doesn't matter the people that lift themselves and exalt themselves on high. There is a king. There is a mighty God. There is the one who is the great I am, the king of all. And when he sends his judgment, like he's doing to these nations, it cannot be changed. The disaster of Moab will come soon, and his calamity has swiftly hastened. Mourn for him, all you who live around him, even all of you who know his name, say how. Has the mighty scepter been broken? A staff of splendor. Come down from your glory and sit on the patched ground, O daughter, dwelling in Debon, for the destroyer of Moab has come up against you. He has ruined your stronghold. Stand by the road and keep watch, O inhabitant of Aroa. Ask him who flees and her who escapes and say, What has happened? Moab has been put to shame, for it has been shuttered. Wail and cry out, declare by the Anon that Moab has been destroyed. Judgment has come upon the plain, upon Holon, Jaza, and against Miphap, against Dibon, Nebo, and meth de against Kirathim, Beth-Gamol, Beth-Mion, against Kiroth, Boza, all the cities of the land of Moab, far and near. Is total destruction. The horn of Moab has been cut off, and his arm broken, declares the Lord Make him drunk, for he has become arrogant toward the Lord. He has become arrogant toward the Lord. He has favored him from the beginning. He has had consideration for Moab from the beginning. He even told the Israelites, remember, do not touch Moab. Do not touch them. Do not fight them. Those are your brothers. He has had favor for them. But they have become arrogant towards the Lord. Arrogance towards the Lord, sometimes a grace shall last, but it ends, and you arrogant towards God, a time of pay comes. That's what has come to the people of Moab. Their arrogance is paying them off in a bad way. So Moab will wallow in his vomit, and he also become a laughing stock. Now was not Israel a laughing stock to you, or was he caught among? Thieves, for each time you speak about him, you shake your head in scorn. With the way Israel was destroyed and taken captive and all those 10 tribes disappeared, people would talk and even shake their heads and say, can you believe that's a nation that crossed the Red Sea? Can you believe those people walked through the wilderness, God providing food for them every day? And they would shake their heads saying, what happened to such a big nation? Now he's saying, just like you've been giving conversation, for Israel, you're going to have it yourselves as Moab, because you're also going to be totally destroyed. You're becoming a laughing stock. Yeah, leave the cities and dwell among the crags, O inhabitants of Moab, and be like a dove that nests beyond the mouth of the chasm. Verse twenty nine, it says, "We have heard of the pride of Moab; he is very proud of his haughtiness, his pride." his arrogance, and his self-exaltation. I know his fury declares the Lord, but it is futile. Yeah? His idle boasts have accomplished nothing. Therefore, I'll wail for Moab. Even for all Moab will I cry out. I'll mourn for the men of Kiras. More than the weeping of Jazza, I'll weep for you. O vine of Sibma, your tendrils stretched across the sea. They have reached the sea of Jazza. Upon the summer fruits and your grape harvest the destroyer, has fallen. So gladness and joy are taken away from the fruit field and from the land of Moab, and I have made the wine to cease from the wine presses. No one will treat them with shouting. The shouting will not be shouts of joy from the outcry at Teshbon, even to Elah, even to Jahaz. It will become desolate. I'll make an end of Moab, declares the Lord. He saw their start. He's saying, you'll see their end. And by the way, when you go out to trace these nations, you find them not. Because God speaks. When he speaks, it is. The one who offers sacrifice on the high place and the one who burns incense to his gods. I'll make an end of him. He's saying, Moab shall be destroyed. They don't follow me. And that's the end for all those who don't follow God. They are brought to an end by God Himself, Therefore, my heart wails for Moab like flutes. My heart also wails like flutes for the men of Kiras. Therefore, they have lost the abundance it produced. For every head is bald, and every beard is cut short. There are gashes on all the hands and sackcloth on the loins. They are in mourning practically. That's what they are saying here. On all the housetops of Moab and in its streets, there is lamentation everywhere. For I have broken Moab like... An undesirable vessel declares the Lord. How shattered it is. How they have wailed. How Moab has turned his back. He is ashamed. So Moab will become a laughingstock. And an object of horror and terror to all around him. For thus says the Lord. Behold one will fly swiftly like an eagle. And spread out his wings against Moab. Keruth has been captured. And the strongholds have been seized. So the hearts of the mighty men of Moab, in that they will be like the heart of a woman in labor. Moab will be destroyed from being a people. Reason, because he has become arrogant toward the Lord. Arrogance to God brings to destruction. Arrogance to God brings to perishing. When you become arrogant to God, the things of God, the worship of God, the honor of God, you expose yourself to judgment. And that's what happens to Moab here. That's what is being spoken of him. Terror, pit, and snare are coming upon you, O inhabitant of Moab, declares the Lord. The one who flees from the terror will fall into the pit, and the one who climbs up out of the pit will be caught in the snare, for I shall bring upon her, even upon Moab, the of their punishment, declares the Lord. In the shadow of Heshbon, the fugitives stand without strength, for a fire has gone forth from Heshbon, and a flame in the midst of Sihon, and has divided the forehead of Moab and the scalps of the riotous revellers. Woe to you, Moab. The people of Chemosh have perished, for your sons have been taken away captive and your daughters into captivity. Yet I will restore the fortunes of Moab in the latter days, declares the Lord. Thus far, the judgment of Moab. Of course, he's saying, I'll restore your fortunes in the time to come. Yeah? I'll restore you. I'll look into your case and I'll restore you. That's a promise he makes to them, yeah, and uh, of course, that shows you the grace of God and how he comes out to his people and looks into their issues. Yes, they've gone through judgment as a people of mob, but still he says he will restore them and bring them back into their time, into their land. judgment has come out to them. Why? Specifically, because of their arrogance. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your direction. We pray that mighty God, you help us understand more of you, understand more of your precepts, understand more of that which you desire from us. We exhort you. We lift your name on high. And mighty God, may everything that we study teach us about that which you desire of us. We exhort you, we give you glory and honor in Jesus mighty name.